Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Hey, everybody, it's Kaylin, and we are talking about Infinite Frontier number zero, which was just released this week. It is a special extra issue. I'm Kaylin, as I said. <laughs> I'm Adam. And we're really uh, happy to have uh, Jeff Lamarca back. Uh, if you haven't uh, had a chance to hear our podcast uh, about death metal, Jeff was our guest then too. We had a really great time talking to him. We're like, Jeff's our DC Comics expert even more than I am. So anytime we talk about DC, he'll be on. So Jeff, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce yourself. Hey, um, I'm Jeff Lamarca. I'm in Austin, Texas, and I am okay at this point. You know, uh, we just went through a whole bunch of crazy shit uh, with the weather and, um, you know, our governor is now going to try to kill us again, but for the most part, doing okay. Uh, and actually just read a whole bunch of future state comics in addition to Infinite Frontier. So um, ready to talk some DC comics. Well, um, as a former Texan and still having my family in Texas, I hope you stay safe, Jeff. Um, and for all you Texans out there, be like, be like a superhero and mask up. Um, so I will do a uh, quick little synopsis uh, for Infinite uh, Frontier number zero, and then we'll have a little discussion. So it's an anthology comic that says it sets up the new status quo of the DC universe, excuse me, the Omniverse, that's a word we're going to be using a lot today. Um, and it takes place immediately after the end of Death Metal. Infinite Frontier number zero has a framing story uh, with the quintessence offering Wonder Woman, the ostensible savior of the Omniverse, a seat at their table meaning that she'd have to leave behind her Earth, her friends, and most importantly, the starring role in her own comic. Now, before she can say yes, she allows the Spectre to show her what the Omniverse, aka the current line of DC books, is going to look like for the next several months. This includes Black Adam, or Shazadam, if you prefer, joining the Justice League because he's kind of a hero now, uh, Barbara Gordon back as Oracle, uh, Nubia taking over as a leader of the Amazons, while Hippolyta pieces out to join the Justice League. Yara Floor at National Airport in DC, despite no longer having a show on the CW. Alan Scott finally coming out of the closet, just like his Earth 2 counterpart. A bunch of younger metahumans heading to join the new Teen Titans Academy. Jonathan Kent as Superman, who may or may not grow up to be evil. A resurrected Roy Harper, the return of Stargirl, the creation of the Magistrate Program, and the Scarecrow in the creepiest Wicker Man cosplay. A Teen Lantern, now I've seen everything. Wally West becoming the main Flash while Barry Allen kicks it with the Justice Incarnate in the totality. And the discovery of the second of two distinct centers of the Omniverse, that being Earth Omega. The first, of course, is the Elseworld, as we learned at the end of Death Metal. Shocking no one, Diana says that she can't sit by and watch with the Quintessence. She dons her new Game of Thrones-inspired armor and sets sail for the Infinite Frontier. Uh, meanwhile, on Earth Omega, the Quintessence gets their asses handed to them on Earth Omega by a very ominous and very gray dark side, thereby setting up the next crash-grabbing crossover. So, Adam, I'm going to turn it over to you to start our discussion. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, first opening salvo question is, did this one-shot actually work for you? And my quick answer before hearing yours is, only if you like the DC Status Quo comics circa 2001. And I agree, I like, across the board i'm just like eh, it's nostalgia for me but i'd love to hear more from you guys okay um well first of all i want to say that um i got the the main cover for it and the cover does grab my attention so i feel like uh that part of it did its job it, i feel like it, it you know a wraparound cover with like all the characters that are featured um was really nice uh but yeah no i think that as far as the um this stories they kind of did what they were supposed to do which I mean you know I, I think I've got an issue that is supposed to showcase the direction of all the new uh, or a bunch of the new books anyway and uh, kind of normalize things after we've had cascading like what is the new DC universe supposed to be events that like one after the other after the other sometimes at the same time even uh, and so you kind of get a feel of something normal, which, as you pointed out, kind of feels a lot like <laughs> nostalgia. Um, 
you know, uh, not to get watch money or anything like that, but it does feel like, <laughs> uh, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, uh, DC universe, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Cause I did really enjoy that and they are putting some new twists on it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, they, they made some of the stories seem really interesting. They brought up some questions about what the new status quo is going to be like without giving you all the answers. Um, and so, you know, it intrigued me. Uh, I, and I liked, you know, most of the stories and most of the art throughout the issue. So I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with Jeff. And, um, I think Jeff and I probably started reading DC comics right around the same time. Um, maybe me a little bit before Jeff, but, um, uh, my favorite era of DC was like the late nineties, early two thousands, because there was sort of a forward momentum. Like there was the idea of generations. Like you had, you know, Wally West is flash and he had been, you know, since the eighties, uh, after Barry Allen, like sacrificed himself in crisis in front earth, Kyle Rayner taking over for Hal Jordan, Connor Hawk, uh, taking over after Oliver Queen had died. And then um, starting in the early 2000s, you know, because of uh, creators like Jeff Johns and, and, and even Kevin Smith and others, there was this like uh, true nostalgia porn started happening where like they wanted to bring back the stuff that like made them happy as kids. And so it was like, like, like a regression of like, we're going to bring back, you know, Oliver Queen and Barry Allen. Uh, Barry Allen came a little bit later, but still uh, he was part of that trend. Hal Jordan, um, you know, and so on and so forth. And it just, uh, you know, while that was happening, um, the DC universe was also getting incredibly dark and really unpleasant to read. Like, it was just, it was like, um, if you were a kid playing with your toys and your toys started doing torture porn, like, that's <laughs> what, like, that's what DC comics in, like, the sort of the later 2000s became for me. So, well, nothing really blew me away in this one shot. It did give me a feeling of, like, oh, um, this is them being superheroes again. This is them being explorers again. Like there's clearly like, you know, a lot of dangerous stuff they're going to be dealing with, but it's like, it felt heroic even more so than the last one shot like this, uh, which was DC Rebirth about five years ago, which in and of itself was pretty good, but it set up the whole thing of like the Watchmen characters invading, you know, the regular DC characters and like, you know, setting up this whole, like idea of like the why why everything darkened and like you know I'm like I'm like I don't want that anymore and so <laughs> in that sense like like there are some titles that look really interesting to me but there's nothing that truly blew me away. Jeff, you wanted to make a point? Yeah, I was just gonna say I, I feel like uh, that is kind of the difference for me too about this and uh, Rebirth because Rebirth, while it did have some of that heroic feel that had been missing a little bit. Uh, also had that, wait, what made this all happen this way? And what are we going to, like, what What are we going to build to? This set up some things that are out there for them to come to, but it didn't really have a, uh, like, what is this thing in the background that caused all this to happen? And I'm hoping for the first time in a while that maybe this will be the point where DC Universe starts moving forward again and doesn't have to, like, wait two years, three years, four years to find out why we are where we are. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that was nice. I think that's a great point, Jeff, because I know, and we'll talk a little bit more about Future State later, but thinking about this compared to Future State, Future State has all the kind of makings of that, like, well, something's up and what's going on and da 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 Whereas I, I do really appreciate that simplicity of, uh, of this and I, I really appreciated Infinite Frontier as a new reader because it also felt really nice and simplified in a great way. Like I think it's it's still a little bit of nostalgia. It almost like I, I didn't even read the new 52. I might have read a little bit of it. And I was like, okay, so it just always seems to restart itself very often. So I'm 100% agree with you that I'm really hoping there's forward movement that's sustainable isn't isn't reset again and doesn't put it put everybody back into the place that everyone seems to know and love. I feel like Marvel does a little bit better job of moving its people forward and evolving them uh, in, in many cases. But again, that's because I'm a bit more connected to that, that content. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. I thought all, I think you're exactly right. Like it wasn't, uh, the writing was strong throughout, the artwork was strong throughout. Um, but, you know, 
again, new new reader or kind of light reader of DC, I really liked like, okay, cool. These are like my favorite toys in a new setup and I, I can get with that. So that seems fun. Yeah, well, and I just wanted to throw in there that uh, you mentioned future state. And I think that at some point we're gonna talk about that a little bit more, but I, I wanted to say, I had questions about like, was that just the idea that was left over from the generation <laughs> five thing or whatever? Was that supposed to actually do something? Are they using it in the, the current books that are going to be coming out like, you know, this month, and next month and all that. Uh, and I had a bunch of questions going into this issue and thought, well, maybe this will be that weird mystery that, you know, we had in the other thing. And we see in what the second page, the third page, maybe the fourth. Uh, Wonder Woman says something about how she saw the future right after death metal. And then someone corrects her and says, a possible future. You're possible right. Future. Yeah, that's great. And I was I like, oh, that. it was nice that they actually addressed that up front. It wasn't some weird mystery. Yes, I imagine some of the books might tease that as a possible future. Some of it will probably be swept away because it's not the same writer that's writing the ongoing book. Um, but like, I was glad that they addressed that right off the bat and didn't make some weird mystery out of it yeah. to start. Yeah, I think the one uh, of the books that will lean most heavily into Future State, and we'll get into more details as we all three of us have said, they are definitely the Batman books, the Gotham books, um, like in the vignette, uh, which um, I think had definitely had my favorite art, uh, if not my favorite writing. Uh, the writing was quite good, but you have like, um, you know, the guy who's creating the magistrate program, which uh, are basically, you know, it's very like RoboCop, like, you know, like, you know, four higher cops, you know, and they're like, you know, it's almost like a little bit of like Blackwater, but like doing civilian work versus doing uh, military work, um, uh, you know, and setting up that program. And then we know like through like solicitations, there is going to be a future state book about Gotham and like Jason Todd is Red Hood. It's going to be starring in it. So it's almost like, I think it's like, it's kind of like setting up like a Batman Beyond kind of a thing. It's like, this right. is, a likely future, but a very, very likely future. And, you know, I think um, John Ridley is going to continue writing for uh, DC as well. And they're setting up that digital only series. The first issue has already come out of like the next Batman, where it's the origin of how uh, uh, Tim Fox or Jace Fox or whatever, you know, he wants to call himself, um, like becomes the next Batman. So um, uh, I think, I think it's interesting, but um you know, what were some of your favorite like vignettes or, and what were some of your favorite, well, least favorite? Um, okay, so I honestly think that there weren't necessarily any that I just hated, which is nice. I didn't go through it and find <laughs> any that were just like, that was terrible. Uh, Future State varied a little bit more. There were some, some that I really just didn't care for. They weren't my cup of tea. Uh, but um, I would say uh, that maybe just because my initial uh, feelings on Bendis at DC haven't been so positive, I thought that the, aside from using the word Shazadam, um, <laughs> uh, as, as, that's what we're going to start calling you, Adam. Shazam. I, I couldn't tell you how much I laughed at those panels being like, what the fuck is this? Aside from that. <laughs> I honestly thought it was like a nice little introduction that it was like, okay, we've got, we don't even have much of the Justice League there. We just have an idea that Black Adam's going to be turning over a new leaf, potentially, maybe. Um, and Superman is optimistic about it. And the art was nice. And nobody was stammering, uh, you know, it, aside from, again, Shazadam. I thought that that one sort of surprised me. Um, the Batman stuff like you said, which we actually had two vignettes, which I thought was kind of a funny thing where it's like, wait, we forgot to tell you more about that. And they right. drag Wonder Woman back over to uh, Gotham to see a little bit more. But, uh, you know, seeing Oracle being Oracle again, uh, that was just my favorite version of that character. Um, the art, like you said, was was terrific. Um, uh, the all the different characters that they have that they're setting up all over the place i thought that was really uh really exciting and of course it doesn't hurt that james tynion is one of the ones that i trust the most to be doing what i'm 
uh, excited to see those characters doing. Um, Adam? You... Yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed the both parts of the Batman one. I thought there was actually going to be like a third, or I was like, oh, maybe this is the super story weaving throughout. And I was like, no, just to just to just open and close. Um, but I, I did really like the artwork and it was it was overall extremely uh, engaging. And then my other favorite was like oddly Stargirl, mainly because of the fourth wall breaking. It was very like Deadpool, Gwenpool-esque or even like Spider-Man. Like I just thought there was like a good, like really good voice. And it was like, it obviously had, you know, it's been done before, but I was also thinking about like potential, you know, new readers. And I'm like, what a great easy on point for kids to like really get in and, and kind of love this character, love the relationship with her with her father so i think those kind of both really stuck out to me oh and green arrow and black canary i've come to realize because of injustice and then subsequent just reads of storylines with them in it that green arrow and black canary are like my favorite couple they're so fun i just really enjoy them and this is continually interesting and that was like i was trying to ask myself like which one of these books would i want to read out of this and like their whole kind of like mystery sounded really fun batman definitely very cool and even like something like Teen Titans Academy, I think surprised me where I was like, oh, interesting, sure. Like, why not? Um, but yeah, I mean, just overall, I think you're exactly right. There wasn't, some of them like had longer lingering mysteries, like the new Superman, Jonathan Cannon, it really was like, sort of like, okay, cool. That's an, maybe a mystery that I care about, but not so much. Um, and then Wonder Woman felt a little bit like all over the place. Um, so I'm, I'm less interested in jumping into those, I should say. Kayla? I uh, just want to make one little comment. If this was Pee-wee's Playhouse, the word of the day would be injustice. And then, like, everybody start going crazy because <laughs> yeah. Adam has to bring up injustice every it's time. A, if it's a DC, DC one especially, I got to weave in my injustice oh. lore. <laughs> got it, got it. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, you brought up Teen Titans Academy, and I will say that one was one of the ones where I, I keep, I've seen things online about what they're going to do. I And, you know, we had this, but it was one of the shortest and I don't really have a good grasp of what you know this tone is going to be what the direction is going to be and so I mean that I could be a little bit critical about but yeah. I mean even the specter tells Wonder Woman nope we're just gonna you know zoom right. and we've got to go check out something else so it's like they knew that was the short one um and I do have questions about the flash one just because I like Joshua Williamson and I enjoyed parts of his previous run on the Flash, but he's not going to be the Flash writer coming up. And uh, so it was interesting to me that they let the previous Flash writer and also a guy that's getting to kind of organize large parts of the DC universe, I feel like, along with a couple of the other major DC writers right now, um, write that story instead of the uh, upcoming Flash writer, which is Jeremy Adams, who I don't know enough about really, to have much of an opinion on and I would have liked to see a little preview of of what he's going to do with the flash um and I guess that's what it was but it wasn't by him so that was weird uh Caleb so uh, Teen Titans Academy itself reminds me of a Marvel comic from maybe about 10 years ago called Avengers Academy mm-hmm. and if it's a little bit like that like I, I think I'll enjoy it but I, I think I'm not super excited about it um like you, Jeff, I was very excited to see uh, Oracle back. Like that is my favorite interpretation of Barbara Gordon, as well as having like her own Batgirls of both like Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane, who is actually my favorite Batgirl. Um, I love I love that series. But I think my favorite vignette, and I, I guess we gotta say this because we're all gay men, is the coming out of Alan Scott. Um, you know, I thought like it was a little heavy handed, but it was well done. And I've known plenty of, and this is not an opportunity for you to make an age joke, Adam, but like I've known plenty of much older Oh, I'm men. outnumbered on this podcast, Caleb, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, fine. Um, but like I've known plenty of like much older men who have come out later in life and like, you know, having to kind of go through that and like him coming out to his kids, even though his own son is gay, um, you know, I think was like, was nice and touching. Yeah. Uh, and then they... They acknowledge the Justice Society. They acknowledge Infinity Incorporated, which I was kind of a fanboy of back in the day. So uh, I I really did like that. I'm going to be negative for one quick second here. And it's not really about the story, but as much as it is the writer, and this is going to be my little soapbox for a second. So bear with me. (laughs) But the writer for Green Lantern is a guy named Jeffrey Thorne. He he made a little bit of uh, uh, a splash on Twitter about a month or two ago 
he basically said something about like, you know, in the real world, if the X-Men existed, um, you know, it would make sense for things like the Mutant Registration Act to happen, the Sentinels to happen, all that kind of stuff. And it was so tone deaf that like all of X Twitter and comics Twitter was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? And it was just so like, it was such a, such a bad hot take that like, I don't want to read anything this guy writes. And like the vignette was fine. I liked the idea of a teen lantern. Uh, I hope that they bring in Joe from um, uh, uh, far sector, which we've talked about on, on this podcast before um and you know they're leaning more into like john stewart than they are hal jordan like all that's like great and like you know but like i because of that i don't want to read anything by him yeah well and it's interesting that you brought that up because um i I have very mixed feelings about him as well even though it's not necessarily uh x-men related i liked okay so he he also sort of made a stir about his criticisms of Hal Jordan like a while back, which I'm not necessarily the biggest Hal Jordan fan at this point either. I mean, I'm fine with him depending on who's writing him, but he's not my favorite Green Lantern. I think a lot of times he is kind of just an asshole. Um, uh, And, uh, you know, uh, like womanizer kind of like, not, not in a good way at all. Like a lot of characterization problems. But the way <laughs> there are no good womanizers. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, but uh, I think that I, I guess I was just trying to organize my thoughts, and I said that that way. Uh, I think that he he rubbed a bunch of Green Lantern fans the wrong way right before he was going to be writing Green Lantern, which is a weird thing to do, even if like one of the characters isn't your favorite character in the group. Um, and, you know, we'll get to future state stuff in a little bit. I honestly did not really care for his future state Green Lantern. Um, I thought that the vignette in here was fine. I, like you said, I, I agree with that. Um, I like that they're bringing in Teen Lantern, which uh, I, I'm not sure that you realize is actually a character that was running around with Young Justice. Uh, he was, I think she was actually a a Bendis creation. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so she sense. did exist before this issue. Um, but, uh, and and I'm all for, you know, more diversity in the writing at, in, in comics. And so I was hoping, uh, you know, to be all on board, but there, there are a few uh, question marks that I have uh, about him as a writer. What did he say specifically about uh, Hal Jordan out of curiosity? I, I don't like think I saw that. I feel like he was, he did the more direct, like I beat around the bush and he went more directly about how Hal Jordan's just like a horrible person. Huh. Um, which again, oh. I don't necessarily disagree with. It's just a weird thing to say to ingratiate yourself to Green Lantern fans if you're about to write the book. You know, there's something about like, like there are certain creators who get super outspoken, like Nick Spencer did this for sure. And like basically had to leave Twitter because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. And it's like everybody, you know, obviously has a right to their opinion and their, and their point of view. But like, if you were saying this stuff just to get a rise out of people and to rile them up, it is sh- such a shitty way to get a little bit of fame, you know? Right. Um, and I mean, as I get older, like, I just like, I'm looking for creators that have interesting opinions, but are just like really kind people, you yeah. know, uh, in, in addition to being talented, of course, but just being like cool with their fans and saying, hey, this isn't my favorite character, but I respect the fact that you like so-and-so unless they truly are like you know like you know horrible xenophobic like racist uh misogynistic homophobic monsters themselves as characters like if like you say that like you know the hate monger is your favorite character like you might have some issues here and you can like you know do that but like shitting on someone's favorite is just it's just such a crappy thing to do right adam i think it's like very much the death of the shock jack kind of idea where it's like i feel like even even your Joe Rogans, who I guess could be con- like considered shock jocks in this day and age, are still like trying to sound like they're thoughtful people. So I feel like everyone is generally evolving past that sort of reactive entertainment. Obviously, not everybody, including uh, the author, but you know, I-, I do hope that it's a continual step forward and that a lot more people think from your perspective, Kaylin, rather than like, no, I can easily separate the art from the artist and just call it a day. Like, it's all intertwined and, you know, people should see things holistically. Um, 
someone that's being seen holistically in this issue is actually in the epilogue and it's dark side. And in fact, it's every single version of dark side, I guess, ever written in comics or in any universe combined, even more powerful than their pre-crisis or the original crisis. So what are your thoughts? Are you excited? Did you like Earth Omega? You know, did the death of Quintessence make you lose your shit? You two are the super fans. What were your thoughts? Um, well, okay, so Dark Side is, okay, I could just say Dark Side is first. And then <laughs> uh, Dark Side is, Dark great. Side is Love a great that. villain. Um, and he kind of always should be lurking in the shadows somewhere ready to be the next big villain um, continually. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a strong concept for what Earth Omega is. Why is Darkseid on Earth Omega? Why is, is Earth Omega an actual Earth or is it just some planet that it's like just Darkseid and nothing else on that planet? Um, and they they kind of hinted that they were going to use it as a prison, but apparently that didn't take. Uh, um, but I don't know. I feel like I'd love to see the fourth world kind of finish redeveloping before Darkseid is just a main villain. And with this, I kind of wonder, have they just decided, well, Darkseid is bigger than the fourth world. He's just going to be a villain for the whole DC universe. And we're not going to get into all of that other stuff and uh, just use him like, you know, the, for the made, the next major crossover. And I, I, I'd honestly rather see new gods and, and Mr. Miracle and all that stuff build up to the point where he, he can be the next big villain again. Uh, Caleb? Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said, um, Jeff. Like, I, at first I kind of, I was like, oh, of course it's dark side, you know? Like he, like he is a great creation. He's a Jack Kirby creation. So, you know, Jack Kirby like is just so phenomenal, but like, I've like, he's been so overused at times. And I was like, well, they haven't really used him that much in the last few years. And then I thought about it more. I was like, thank God it's not, you know, the Batman who laughs or Perpetua or, or <laughs> yes, any of those, yes. like the Snyder creations. I was like, the or the, or the anti-monitor and like, like, you know, have just somebody who is like, the like, um, I like the contrast of like saying, yes, now the omniverse is infinite, but I am finite. I am the end. Right. Like it is very much as Jeff, you said, dark side is like, like there, like it gave me a little bit of optimism that like Joshua Williamson, uh, who will be using him in the infinite uh, uh, frontier, like miniseries that's going to follow up in this later this summer, that he will do a good job of writing, uh, writing that character. So uh, I was like, uh, but I'm like, oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Adam? I think that's a great call out, Kayla. It's very, like we were talking about before, that simplify ideology, right? Like, I thought, I feel like when I think of Darkseid, I always think of, like, conquest in reality. Like, he's trying to take over or, like, bring, you know, and the anti-life to everybody, which is still, like, world destruction or universe or everything destruction is far more interesting than, like, multiverse, crazy power god. Like, it's just, like, you either kill everybody and rule over nothing or, you know, you take that, you own them, but like, don't give me all these, these metaphysical transitions of power, which I, you know, obviously they're already establishing how powerful he is because he obviously took out uh, the quintessence with ease. But I, there's something about just what I, at least in my own experience with Darkseid that makes him feel like a physical, tangible villain. And I, I, I agree, Kaylin, where I'm like, we, have, we talk about this in many of our, our, our DC stuff that we recap, where it's like the Batman Who Laughs started out very cool and metal was very cool. And then it sort of just became this like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck are you talking about now? Or like, what is this person going to do? Why is this person always just infinitely more powerful, but not even that interesting? Um, so I, I think it's a good return to form for for this. And I, But I, I do agree that I really hope they take the time to build it up. I'm almost like annoyed at myself that I won't have the time and energy to read everything. But I'm just like, oh, I bet if they really tie this together, like you're kind of in saying Jeff is like, maybe they really will take the time to build it up. I think it would be so fun because I, it, he just seems like such a cool character and that casting shadow and in, in the shadows as opposed to constantly putting, you know, the heroes on their toes all the time. Jeff? And, and I mean, kind of one of the themes that we've been talking about, he is a classic nostalgic villain uh, that if you're kind of trying to get back to a feeling of, 
like moving forward with the DC universe and getting rid of some of the, uh, well, not getting rid of, but moving forward from some of the complicating, like layered, like other realities, multiple realities, like which one's going to win out kind of thing. Getting past using the Batman who laughs and Perpetua and stuff like that is an important part of that. And Darkseid is a villain that we know. And, uh, you know, he can have all kinds of twists and turns or whatever. And he can be lurking out there for years, but it doesn't feel like you're going backwards to, to use him. It, you're, you can move forward and have a story with him. So I don't know nearly enough uh, DC characters firmly to say who should replace the quintessence, but I have a question for you all. Now with them dead, who would you choose to be the five to take up the mantle? Kayla? I think it should be like the big five in the DC universe. So like that's Bruce Wayne, Kal-El, Diana, um, Barry Allen and Hal Jordan which allows them to be like these godly, like Grant Morrison-esque, bigger than life, Jack Kirby, whatever, like type, like characters. And they sort of just show up. They're like now the, they are now like the watchers of the Omniverse, the guardians of the Omniverse. You know, they're there to like take, like take care of big shit or like deploy heroes to do that other stuff, which allows other characters to take up the mantle of those, of, of, of those heroes. So like having Jonathan Kent being Superman, Wally West being Flash again, which I'm very excited about, you know, not Hal Jordan being Green Lantern because I am not a fan, mm. um, you know, having Yara Floor, uh, you know, be turned into Wonder Woman eventually um, and um, have, you know, Tim Fox be the next Batman and almost like maybe him being like, you know, um, um, you know, kind of guided or mentored by like Nightwing, like kind of like, you know, flip the flip mm. the 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 relationship there but like i think like uh dc will never do it because it is you know <laughs> it is about movies and tv shows and commodities and action figures and all that kind of stuff but i think it would be really neat it's like you've now cemented these characters as iconic you know they are they are bigger than life they are godlike you know and like maybe you know making the uh the subtext into text would be kind of cool I, wow. Okay. So I, I actually really like <laughs> Kalen's answer. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm good job. Good job. That, that's pretty cool. Uh, Thanks. I, um, I went in a weird direction because I was like, well, okay. So they just got taken out by dark side. Um, and so I was like, what if there was a dark quintessence, which for me, I'm also kind of like, but maybe not because we just got rid of the Batman who laughs and all that stuff. So I don't necessarily need that. But if I was going to do it, I was like, you know, the dark side obviously would be on it. Uh, I, I was thinking it needed somebody from hell. So Lady Blaze or Neron would be part of it. Ares would be part of it. Eclipso would be part of it. And my favorite one that I came up with that should be on it would be uh, Mitzel Pitlick. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, I need a, a short person because there's a, you know, one of the guardians is on it, and I need somebody to be short on the team. Uh, <laughs> on the and so, uh, yeah, Mr. Mitzel Pitlick, I thought would be the uh, the fifth one. Um, so, yeah, I went dark instead. I like it. The only thing that came yeah. immediately in mind to me was like, was the Justice League dark folks like Zatanna and I just feel like I generally always enjoy their adventures, but like because they're so magically and transcendent, transcendental related, I was like, okay, they could probably be a, a potentially good fit. But I think I both of your answers have much more grandiosity to them, uh, or they're much more grand grandiose. I don't fucking know. But <laughs> um, so well, well, I, I mean, I assume they'll be replaced. So we'll be finding out uh, over the next couple of months, potentially years. Um, I did want to talk now. We can finally talk about Future State. We've been referencing, I'm sure the, uh, the tension is palpable in the room. Um, so we'd just really love to know from you all, you know, this is kind of a non-event event. It's, it's obviously like a series that's got a little bit of mystery to it. Um, first of all, like, how are you all feeling about it? And then we'll get into recommendations afterwards. Okay, uh, well, I, I feel like the mileage kind of varied by the book. And I think that they didn't really do themselves justice by explaining what they were doing with it. 
I feel like they could have done a little bit more because I didn't know until well into it that aside from uh, the obvious thing with Gotham being one you know story that kind of had a bunch of characters running around in it yeah. I didn't realize that the Teen Titans book and um, the Shazam book and the Black Adam story in the in uh, that was the backup for Suicide Squad all tied together. They were all one story basically, um, and so I was not even looking for like threads that went between all of these things until all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, so this is one story. Uh, <laughs> um, some of them were good. Some of them were not so great. And you know, I, I think that the I. I like I mentioned at the beginning, I have questions about which writers are going to say, this is where we're going and which writers are gonna say, this is maybe where we're going and we're gonna like screw with you and, and, mm. and tease you about this and which ones are just gonna uh, move on and kind of forget that that happened. Um, but it was interesting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought like parts of it were in definitely interesting. Overall, I was like, I've seen the, you know, potential like dark dystopian future stuff so many times before right. that I needed something to really, really hook me. And while I enjoyed a lot of it and I'll, I'll let me, let me maybe start with a positive and then I'll go more into the negative. I think the Gotham books were generally quite good. Like I liked both next Batman and, and dark detective and even some of the backups. My favorite backup was actually grifter, which is a character yes. that was started in Wildstorm. Uh, and was migrated over, you know, when, when you know, mostly in the New 52. And like, like I think all the Wildstorm characters sort of stuck out like sore thumbs. Midnighter kind of worked, especially in the Grayson book. Um, uh, but like Grifter never really worked for me as a DC character until like Matthew Rosenberg, who is very hit or miss as Adam, as you know, uh, mm -hmm. as a writer, like I loved a lot of his, like some of his early X-Men stuff. And then like his last run of Uncanny was just, absolutely garbage, unreadable, just like dark, 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 grim, dark nonsense. But I liked Grifter a lot. Um, I liked the aesthetic a lot uh, of uh, both Next Batman and Dark Detective, even mm -hmm. though it was liberally, liberally like uh, ripping off Akira, uh, especially <laughs> like the like the cityscape, the, the motorcycles. I mean, Jason Todd's motorcycle was goddamn Kaneda's like red motorcycle. I mean, like, I'm like, you know, uh, like the author of Akira, whose name is escaping me, uh, Atomo, I believe, like should be like, mm -hmm. his estate should be like suing for, suing for like plagiarism. Uh, like it was just that out of control. But um, I generally liked that. The Justice League title was pretty good, um, mostly because I like to see the next generation of heroes interacting. I mentioned uh, Joe before as the, uh, the Green Lantern, who's the star of Far Sector. I love seeing her. I love that there was a non-binary flash. You know, you had um, uh, Tim Fox as Batman, Jonathan Kent as Superman. That, like, this, Joshua Williamson is a hit-or-miss writer for me. And, like, I like the idea more than I like the execution. But then I bought, like, Nightwing, which had beautiful Nicola Scott artwork. I bought Legion of Superheroes, which had beautiful Riley Romasso artwork. And both were just unreadable. Like, they were just not, not great. So I think overall, like, Future State didn't work for me, but it had some shining moments. Adam? I definitely agree that Legion was very incomprehensible, especially as a new, like a light touch reader. I was like, what the fuck is happening in these pounds? The artwork was beautiful. You're exactly right on that. And I was just like, okay, I'm not feeling this. I think overall, I didn't get to read probably nearly as much as all of you. I, the, it's funny because I agree completely with the dystopian storyline. What really killed me is like with the Batman and Gotham and that kind of overall arc of, of storylines, I thought it was really weaved together nicely. The core concept still made no sense to me because I'm just like, I don't understand how this city has so many, like it's, it's its own country, which is like fine. I guess it like just seems, if it was like a thousand years into the future, maybe I'd believe it. Cause I'm just like, how the fuck could you possibly have built this? And I mean, it's, it's comics and especially it's DC, they can do whatever they want, but I was still like, I don't, this reality doesn't make sense to me when you don't factor in the entire rest of the world kind of idea. Um, and then, yeah, overall, like I thought Grifter was a, a huge kind of take standout for me. I really liked um, what was going on there. The writing was fantastic. And then the Justice League storyline, I only got through, oh, sadly, just the first issue. 
but I really did like the kind of like balancing act of murder mystery and like very new, uh, very new folks. It, it seemed like I was playing a lot with um, norms and things like that. So it did, it felt almost like the opposite of nostalgic, which I really liked. Um, so it was kind of like a good companion piece to Infinite Frontier because I'm like, both of these could be great. So um, there were a couple of books that I definitely want to keep going through and, and reading. Jeff? Yeah, well, to follow up on the, the Legion of Superheroes thing, as someone that tried Bendis's not future state Legion of Superheroes, he was definitely trying to be like, this is the future and it's all very different than, so we can't like actually understand what's going on. I, I feel like was sort of the point of his his entire Legion run. So I'm not surprised that that's actually one of the few uh, books that I didn't quite make it to. I did make it to a bunch of them. Um, and that one I didn't quite get to. Um, yeah, let's hear some uh, hot, like hotter knots. Which ones did you like, and which ones uh, were duds? I, I would say um, the the new Wonder Woman character in general is a very interesting character to me. Her main title was great, but um, the Superman and Wonder Woman title was a lot of fun. Um, which is crazy because the um, on the other list, um, the Superman of Metropolis book. And the backups were good. The main story with Jonathan Kent as Superman just did not work for me. Like he comes in and saves the day at the end and everybody forgives him for doing something terrible just because he's Superman. Um, uh, the Superman Worlds of War book though, I, I like Kalen, I think I was all on board with a bunch of the uh, the Gotham stuff, especially the, the main two titles. Um, and I kind of had written off the Superman books after Superman of Metropolis, but uh, Superman Worlds of War. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that I didn't know that I wanted to see a live action casting of like older daddy Superman <laughs> in gladiator armor. But like after that, I was like, okay, who would I cast as this, this character? Because I mean, you know, Clark Kent's already great and you get like a whole different perspective on why like this minor character thinks that he's a great hero that's different than everybody else that's talking about him being Superman um, because it has to do with him being Clark Kent. But like the, the action with him being in gladiator armor on War World was actually pretty good. I, I liked that book and the, uh, the follow-up with uh, House of L um, a lot. Um, I will say the Gotham stuff, the, the thing that really bugged me the most was the Gotham City Sirens backup. Um, and I was really disappointed because Flash's art was great, but it was basically, hey, here we go. Wally West is doing horrible things again. <laughs> and as a Wally West fan that's lived through all, like him murdering a bunch of his friends by accident, um, you kind of wanted him to be on a path to redemption and... <laughs> Here he is possessed by something and going around and killing all the flashes and all the titans and all the other people. And it, it just. It Didn't we like, just see this in Heroes in Crisis already? Yeah, like, it, like, it was like, why, why are you going in this direction after all of that? I don't understand, but the art was beautiful. So, yeah. I was just going to add one thing, not necessarily Future State, but since you mentioned Bendis' Legion, like, I am a huge Legion fanboy. I have read the Keith Giffen five years later arc. And yep, like yep. when, when Jeff says Bendis is incomprehensible, it is incomprehensible. Like, it's just like, it's like, I don't know what he's trying to do with it, but like I read the first three or four issues and like, it looks beautiful. Ryan Sook is a great artist and like the character designs are awesome. And I know like you want to make the future seem super alien and remote, but at some point you've got to be able to like have a hook for these, for, for, uh, for us to be able to come back and it's just like oh like I'm very glad Jonathan Hickman is doing X-Men because there was a rumor that like if he didn't go back to Marvel to do X-Men like he was going to revamp the Legion of Superheroes and like seeing what he would do with the Legion would have been absolutely fascinating maybe once he's done with the X-Men he can you know uh, head over to the other company head over to DC and like uh, and, and revamp Legion you know sometime like five ten years in the future. Yeah, it was just, I would have liked to believe that I was like, oh, maybe it's just the general, I, I, I was it, I, my favorite part was like in one of the preview like interviews, it was basically just like, you know, well, they're already a thousand years in the future. So you don't know if it's 
500 years, five years or five minutes. And I'm like, the problem is I don't care about any of this. Like none of it's very interesting, uh, except right. for the artwork. Again, the artwork was, was really cool. I liked it a lot. It had a lot of like pizzazz. Um, so I think we're, we're just about wrapped up. Any final thoughts on either Future State or uh, Infinite Frontier? What do you want to see? What do you really want to see next, uh, Jeff? Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to use my final thoughts uh, to go and say something about the Alan Scott story because we did bring that up and I didn't really get to say anything about it. But I'm uh, I'm a huge Justice Society fan anyway. Um, and so I, I we didn't really get to see what the JSA is going to be like in the post-Infinite uh, Frontier world here. Um, I'm looking forward to that. We got the Alan Scott part, which... Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I had mixed feelings when I heard that they were going to make the main Alan Scott uh, gay because it, it's, I've always had this thing with that character and I, it's just subtext from a, a bunch of different issues, a bunch of different comics. Um, but Obsidian coming out and his dad not quite getting it, not quite being there for him, mm -hmm. but always constantly trying to be a better father um, and trying to improve their relationship, even though he's not always good at it. Um, I, I feel like that meant something to me as someone who um, kind of thinks that way about my dad, where like he's not always going to get it right whenever it comes to um, me being gay with, you know, he's not gonna be comfortable with that necessarily completely ever probably because he's Catholic, um, but he does try to be a good dad and trying to find that balance. and. So that always meant a lot to me. And um, I feel like I'm okay with this change and I'm excited to see it, but it's one of those things where I hope that they do something good with it because like, if we're gonna move forward and go in a different direction, that's great. I'm excited about it, but, and see, like, like Kaylin said, seeing an older man that's lived his whole life, you know, married to a woman, having children, um, finally come out is a story that, that should be told in comics and, and I'm excited about that. But, um, you know, it is, it is something that I had kind of set in my mind one way and it's going to be going a different way. And I, I'm excited to see that, that change and I hope it's uh, worth it, kind yeah. of. Just to, just to add to what Jeff said, because I, I appreciate um, specifically like, you know, the personal stuff that you mentioned, Jeff. Um, what I like about them making Alan Scott in this, you know, in like Earth Prime gay is that it's basically saying that if you, your, your sexual orientation in whatever universe means that it is your sexual orientation in that universe as well. So it's like the Earth 2 Alan Scott being gay means that, you know, Earth Zero's Alan Scott, I guess, I guess we're still calling it Earth Zero or, or Earth Prime or whatever we're calling it, um, is, uh, you know, he is gay himself. It's a little bit, it's not really apples to apples, but it's a little bit like, uh, um, since this is a, mostly an X-Men podcast, I got to bring up the X-Men um, mm -hmm. about with, uh, with Bobby Drake, um, who uh, when he, like the younger version of him was brought to present times, you know, Jean Grey basically outed him, which is kind of shitty, but like, you know, he came out and like, you know, ended up, you know, coming out of the closet and like getting a, getting a boyfriend, all that. And then they eventually like had to uh, uh, make the older Bobby Drake, the one who was set in like modern times, it's like, well, that is my younger version. Like, so that means that I am gay as well. So, you know, they were, they, 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 they outed him. And so like, so it's not, it's not quite apples to apples, but I like the idea of like um, a character that is, you know, gay, bisexual, lesbian, trans, and one, you know, one universe can also be, should also be that in another universe. And so it's like, it's not a little bit of like, you know, have your cake and eat it too. Um, like it, it is, it is, it is open. Uh, it opens up a, uh, and endless possibilities and infinite possibilities, if if if, if you'll allow me to say that, uh, of, of storytelling there. So, and Get he's going to be the star. Hey, uh, you're the, you're a re regular pun isher, so yeah, like, I allow uh, I mean, me. It's just upset that I didn't think of it. So yeah, there you go. Well, uh, Alan Scott is going to be the uh, lead of the Infinite uh, Frontier comic that Joshua Williamson's writing. So, and part of it is him like trying to figure out like where the Justice Society is. So I'm. I'm kind of excited for for, for that. And, yeah. you know, the Gotham books look great. Um, like the Dark Detective uh, um, 
team, uh, Mariko uh, Tamaki and Dan Mora are going to be doing Detective Comics. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dan Mora's art is freaking gorgeous. It is mm-hmm. so, so good. Um, uh, I'm very excited for uh, Nightwing because it's going to be written by Tom Taylor, who is a favorite of ours at Homo Superior, Woo! and also being drawn by uh, Bruno Rendato, who, uh, Adam, I'm going to mention this time, he was the artist on Injustice 2. Um, yeah! and like, <laughs> uh, but like his art, like his art was good back then, but like he, uh, like, like if you've seen some of the panels, man, he's just taken like a quantum leap in his art. So it looks, re- looks really, really good. And I'll wait, Jeff, I'll wait for you to tell me how Bendis' Justice League is. Cause like, <laughs> like Bendis is hit or miss for me and him on team books is very missed for me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I, I like the lineup that he's putting together. I will say I, I'm intrigued by having Black Canary and Green Arrow back on the team. I'm For intrigued sure. by, you know, having Hippolyta on the team and Black Adam in the mix and all that, along with, you know, some of the more classic characters. But his, uh, as someone that, that mostly reads DC, I hadn't read much Bendis before his Superman and his Legion. And uh, it was very hit or miss. I, I like a lot of the character ideas. I don't know that I like the execution as much as I like the ideas. Um, and so I'm, I'm hopeful for the Justice League because I want it to be good, but uh, we'll see. Well, there's gonna be uh, more and more of the Infinite Frontier. So just, I guess, read it on Comixology or go down to your local comic shop with your mask on, hopefully, don't follow rules from Texas. Um, but we do want to thank our resident DC expert, Jeff Lamarca, for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Jeff, do you want to like let everybody know? I think we tried this last time. Let's see if you've got something this time. Can you want to tell people where they can find you if they want us hear and, and see more of Jeff? Uh, um, I honestly, I mean, I, I did the thing last time and I screwed that up and it hasn't been updated in a while anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to use this second to say, um, if you are a James Tynion fan, or if you are a fan of, uh, upbeat, promising, uh, queer comics, um, as, as the DC fan, I will say, here's an indie book, check out Wind, W-Y-N-D from, uh, Boom Studios. Uh, it won my comic shop's uh, best of 2020s head to head competition. Um, it was the uh, bright, optimistic thing that I feel like a lot of us needed uh, this past year. So it was great and queer and by James Tynion. So, awesome. well, we've been, we've started doing more um, indie books. We reviewed. Hill Lock recently, which Jeff, if you haven't read it, you absolutely should. It's published by IDW, um, but like we definitely want to feature like more like queer um, creators. So that's something that we'll you know we may read and, and review on podcasts. So thanks for that recommendation. Yeah. So for um, Homo Superior, um, you know you can obviously you're listening to us, so you know where you can find us. But Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, and SoundCloud. But we are very active on social media. Uh, on Twitter, it's Homo Superior X. Uh, and on Instagram, it's Homo Superior Podcast. So, you know, send us a DM. Uh, let us know uh, if there's any DC comics you want us to review. Obviously, we review a lot of Marvel books, specifically X books. Um, but if there's any indie books you want us to review. And just, you know, um, we're... Uh, we're dumb and we're fun for the most part. So definitely interact with us. All right. We're, we're uh, full of love. Yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> we're full of love. Dumb, dumb, young. That's what I'm, I was young. like. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> my joke not was young. A, what a send off. My joke was a huge failure. Thank you for listening to the <laughs> Superior. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.